Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Hello? Hello? Oh, hello, ma'am. Hello. Can you hear me over this line? Hello? Hello, Hello, ma'am. you sound American. Uh, yes, yes. Hello? I, 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 hello oh, hello, ma'am. It's a, it's a pleasure. Top uh, uh, top of the morning to you. We don't say it. that anymore. Oh, you don't? Oh, I'm so sorry. We don't Excuse say me. that anymore. It's not 1892. Uh, well, you know, you might be wondering why I'm calling you here across the pond. Hi, I'm Eric. I, uh, I'm a phone banker for uh, Jeremy Corbyn. I so admire his policies that I'm calling for. Jeremy Corbyn? Oh, oh. Jeremy Corbyn? Yeah, I think... Oh, we don't like Jeremy Corbyn. Oh, ma'am, why why do you say that? I think that you could have a lot of uh, good things under a labor government over there, and maybe things... Well, well, the man on the telly, he says to me, he says, Jeremy Corbyn, he's an anti-Semite. Oh, well, you know... Anti-Semite he is. Would it surprise you, ma'am, to learn that I, in fact, am Jewish, and yet I am from another country, and yet I support Mr. Corbyn? Well, I don't know about that. Your father was an anti-Semite. Your grandfather was an anti-Semite. My family, we don't like the Jews. But when I hear this Jeremy Corbyn, he's an anti-Semite, that don't strike me the right way. Okay, uh, so you are voting for, who, uh, may I ask who you are voting for? Oh, the Tories, of course. I like my man Boris. All right, so, uh, I'll mark you down as a one, and, uh, okay, well, thank you very much, ma'am. Have a, have a, uh, a tip, a tip top of the morning. You have a good day now, Mr. American Jewish man. Oh, okay. Oh, man, Annie, Annie, this is, this is rough. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if Mr. Corbin's gonna win this thing. Yeah, I think uh, it doesn't look good. How's, how's, doesn't look good. How, how are phone banking on your end, by the way? Phone, oh, similarly bad. Well, Very, here, bad. Well, Very bad. Let's hear one of yours. Well, why don't we just sing this theme song instead? You, you don't want to. You don't want to see what. Uh... Yeah, we don't. I, I, I don't have enough curse words in my vocabulary to reproduce the phone call that I just had with my with my Tory voter. Oh, okay, okay. Well, understood, understood. Okay. Uh, oh, let's uh, let's stop uh, phone bank. Wait, hold on. We're getting the results in right now. That was fast. Can't believe we were phone banking even with our time difference from uh from this far away. Right. I it's can't a, wait to Britain, see. I, Britain is a uh, it's a it's a it's a week behind. It's a week behind. So I think this is pretty good. We're uh let's see here. I can't wait cuz I know all the polls were biased against him. I think that we're going to see a labor government. We're going to see a united England against austerity. Oh. Oh. Oh man. Oh, bad luck. Oh. Oh jeez. Well, uh, there's always Bernie Sanders. Chapter by chapter, line by line, listen to our show and have a real good time with your pal Annie and Eric too. Chapter by chapter, line by line, we'll read along with you, we'll read along with you. Welcome to Chapter by Chapter. Welcome to Chapter by Chapter, the world's dumbest and slowest book club. We are finally on Chapter 24. The 24est of all the chapters. Of Northanger Abbey by Miss Jane Austen. Exactly. Every episode we read a new chapter of Northanger Abbey by one Ms. Janifer Austonian. Jane Austen. Would she have been leave or remain? Uh, she would have been Remain, and she would have been the most insufferable Lib Dem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she would have had her own op-ed. 
She would have been like, uh, I don't care for Mr. Corbin's uh, plans to take me money away from me. She would have had a really beautifully articulate, angry, lib, centrist op-ed in in The Guardian or wherever. I hate to say it because I like Jane Austen, but there's no chance she wouldn't have pulled a full J.K. Rowling out of this. No, she yeah, yeah no as as we have discussed on previous episodes, if Jane Austen were alive today, she would be J.K. Rowling on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, it, it's I hate to say it, but it's true. Um, and maybe also the author of a best-selling uh, fantasy series for children. Yeah, why not? I, I, do you think that uh, Jane Austen? I don't know that Jane Austen would have written fantasy. I think she this whole Northanger Abbey proves that she disdains the genres even from two hundred years ago. Well, you know, there's that there's that quotation that like if J- if Shakespeare was alive today, he would have been a jazz musician. Really? It's like uh, some famous jazz musician said that because okay. Shakespeare wouldn't have been Shakespeare. Wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't have been a writer at all. Well, how much of today would be today without you know these literary uh, cornerstones? You know, like mm. how much of our you know society would still not society, but like what would we be re- we be reading with uh, different. I don't know. This is all. Did, a did bunch Shakespeare of change civilization? Well, I think Shakespeare probably changed literature to a certain extent. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to like. Would all of these uh, uh, literary periods and movements like still be there without their key figures? Would there be a modernism without uh, James Joyce? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think so. There wouldn't have been. I think they might change, like, the texture of modernism. It wouldn't have quite have been as Irish and horny, but it would have been... It would have been Irish and horny. It, would it wouldn't have been, been quite as Irish or, or horny. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go quickly grab a little more wine. Right, so uh, chapter by chapter is the world's slowest book club, and we discuss one uh, one chapter of a great classic of the of the English canon one Magic chapter one chapter at a time um, in between uh, and sometimes we take we take wine breaks um, we are recording right now from my gothic palace in uh, Windsor Terrace Brooklyn um, which I can afford because in my gothic palace there are various um, veils that reach into the beyond into the land of the dead and so from time to time um, uh, we get we get we get kidnapped and uh, and murdered and our our bodies are brought back uh, zombified and, wait, really? and and white and uh, white white as snow and uh, and we don't really With know two anymore. Two red puncture marks in the neck. We I'm don't, sorry, I don't actually remember this happening. This oh, happened. it has happened a, a number of times. Did it happen to me? Oh, several times. I mean, pretty much every time we've had an author come out from the beyond. Oh my god! And you know they 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 knock you out cold. I don't know if I can handle this. Um, you turn into kind of a block of ice, and then you, you have to be revivified, and then you go from uh, from frozen to you know uh, pink and rosy like you currently are. Right, um, but so it takes it takes some time, and of course you know your your many many trips beyond the veil, um, in which either I send you beyond the veil because you've told a bad pun, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or you're going to um, you know bring out one of our guests. Mm-hmm. You know it has had its effect on you. I, I, I've wondered why my hair is snow white. Your hair is snow white. Your eyes are swirling voids. It's true. You, you know, know I, I wonder what your colleagues at the library must, must think now that your eyes are swirling voids and your hair is snow white. They're into it. Okay. Yeah. Well, librarians, you know, famously kinky. Yeah, it's it's a little bizarre. Um, I can also get a lot of people to turn to their books on time because then I go, doom, and then they're just, oh, yes, sir, please. 
It's good stuff. So this was really all of a all of a ploy from by the Brooklyn Public Library system. Uh, yeah, I'm to, getting a. I'm, you're getting a stipend. I am. I'm getting a stipend, and I'm getting a little uh, free metro card to come down here. Uh, anywho, uh, yeah. So uh, we do occasionally get uh, guests, uh, long dead guests uh, from beyond the veil. Um, we haven't had any in a little bit, uh, but it, it has been known to happen. Uh, do you think? Uh, I see that. The veil is rustling a little bit. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, it's it's rustling a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we might have a new guest today. I'm very excited, Annie. This time, would you care to go and? Uh... Of course, of course. I, you know, I would be, I would be happy to. I mean, you've got the swirling voids, the white hair, and you know, I'm, you know, half and half at this point. My, so you, it's true. You've got this nice uh, uh, bride of Frankenstein thing going on. No, I think it's actually hair. very fetching. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it's really um, But never, nevertheless, for you, for uh-huh. you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ruin my, the, my, the hair that I've got going right now. Thank you very much. Yeah. So here I am alone. Okay. So uh, my colleague is going over to the veil. Uh, as she opens it, a gust of, it's just bright white light, and a gust of swirling wind is coming out, and um, what appears to be a very posh lady is coming oh, out. unhand me, unhand me, oh, oh, no. oh, 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 no, it's, hello. It's quite all right, it's quite oh, all right, ma'am, so please, please have a seat. It's so warm, oh my god, I have not felt this warmth in Many, many, yeah. Uh, we can hello, turn down the. Hello, hello, oh, hello, young man. Oh, good gracious. Hello. That is quite the. Would you care for a cough drop? Uh, no, thank you, thank you. Okay. Uh, the, uh, wow. I'll, I'll just drink some of this wine. Oh, oh, good God. Oh, wow. It's just, it's almost going through you, but you're sort of cupping it back up and drinking over again. Who, who are you? You look so familiar uh, to uh, me. Uh, you mean me as a great author, uh, Virginia Woolf. Ah! Oh, uh, sorry. I'm, I'm afraid of Virginia Woolf. Uh, yes, I, I have seen the play. Yeah, that's a, just a little pun. I'll go. I'll leave. I think Annie would have... I don't think it's a very good play. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, wow, I can't believe it. Virginia Woolf is here. I'm such a fan. Yes, 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 you should be. Yeah. You should I, be a fan. Yeah, it's it's so it's so great seeing you from beyond the veil after all of these years. How is it coming back into the world of the living? Well, the world of the living is, as much as I, I had remember it, it is sad. Yeah. Full of sad, lonely individuals bobbing around in their little flesh bubbles. I, Bumping into each other, not understanding each other, oh, oh, miscommunicating, yeah. starting wars, Man, I don't know. sticking their penises into each other. It's, well, yeah, they, we do do that. I, oh, man, I don't know. Maybe having such a depressing guest on is a bad idea. No, no, no. Go power forward. Power forward. Uh, well, you know, I have some questions for you. Hey, marvelous. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, I, I came. I, I, I adore. I adore my fans. Are you Mrs. Wolf or should I call you Ms. Wolf or can I can I call you Jenny? Ms. Wolf is sufficient. Ms. Wolf is, is, is sufficient. Well, uh, you know, I, I've known... Virginia I know... is all right. You Virginia... seem like a very nice boy. Oh, thanks. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Uh, the um, d- You know, I know quite a bit about... I've read a little bit about your life, but I'd like to know just a little bit more, if you'd like. I knew that you were kind of self-taught. Your brothers went off to boarding school, but uh, you, had to, you had to stay behind. And you just were alone in your dad's library. What, what was that like? How did you feel about that? Well, 
I feel very jealous of my brothers. They got to go off to Eton. Eaten. And eaten, and they got to be buggered, and they got to be beaten, and learn Latin, Greek. Yeah. But I was in my father's library, reading books by the fire, eating crumpets. It was terrible for me. I'm so sorry. It was awful. Oh my god. But actually, it was lovely, really. Really, I'm so lucky not to have gone to boarding school. You know how those places were. Yeah. But uh, but, but the problem is, you know how I am a famous lunatic. Uh, you... <laughs> Uh, uh, no, I wouldn't have called you a fan. Uh, no, I'm quite mad. You'll, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll soon discover this on this podcast. I, I think eccentric, sure. Yes. Yeah. You see, this all began in my father's library. Okay. Because my father, despite being a famous Victorian author, only had books in his library on taxidermy, and psychic healing, and human sacrifice. <laughs> Oh no, that's so weird. I don't really see a whole lot of that in your literature later. But... Yes, I had to. I had to relearn oh. quite a lot. But you understand, this is where my madness began. All through my childhood, I read about taxidermy, stuffing elks, uh, human sacrifice to minor gods in ancient Babylon, and I hallucinated. Oh, good God! Yes. Wow, what a scoop! You know, this isn't coming out in any of your biographies. I feel that I feel so privileged. This that... is only for you, my dear boy. Oh, thank. What? what how did this? Uh, did you ever apply this knowledge anywhere, or? I applied it in my uh, in the, in the, my my group, the Bloomsbury group. It was in reality we had we had a minor business going on in taxidermy. That was mm. how we funded our. Our, our publishing house, Hogarth Press. Oh, okay. We, we stuffed people's dogs yeah. in the back room of my house in, in Bloomsbury. Did you... Oh, gosh. Did you ever stuff... You said human sacrifice. Did you ever, you know, combine the two and stuff people? Well, you know, after the war, the Great War, you know, there was a, there was a, a, good, there was a great deal of call for stuffing people. So, so many brothers and sons lost to the trenches, but we, we, we thought that was in very bad taste. No, no, that's true. That's true. You don't want to. Well, okay, so. We you... only did it once or twice and only for a lot of money. Oh, the, a very sensible. Um, uh... We were bohemian, you know. Yeah, so uh, somebody had to sort of. Uh, get the bills in. Uh, what? Who? So you mentioned the Bloomberry Group. Who was your favorite member of it? Well, my my very very favorite member was uh, was a lad who who came in. He was uh, he was a grown man really, but he had the he, he had the affect of a little boy, and he went by Jimmy. Oh. And he said he came into the Friday Club and he regaled us with stories of being bullied by Charles Dickens and Wilkie Collins. Oh, no. And, you know, he, they, he told us that they would, they would just sing the nastiest songs about him and, oh, and, throw, and throw small change to his own shod feet. Did they, did they call him Oliver? They, they did. They did call him Oliver. I think I, think I know about this story. Wow. Yes. So he, he, he grew up and, and came in. Oh, my God. Yes, poor, poor, poor dear Oliver. Poor, oh dear. poor dear Oliver. You know, poor Oliver, he was quite off his rocker. Oh, now you're calling him Oliver. Yes, oh, I am calling him Oliver now. You just, just, I am. Because you joined in, you were just messing with him. You knew that uh, great literary figures had just tormented him, and you said, time for me to join in the fun. Oh, well, obviously, obviously. Oh, yeah. you know, he, he was quite off his rocker, and we had this very rough treatment by these two famous authors. And mm-hmm. so we, we decided to continue the tradition, and we gave him a little soup, and we, to- <laughs> and we sang songs about him, and we, you know, he still didn't have shoes, poor oh, Oliver, and oh, so we God. threw... We threw 
coins at his unshod feet. I mean, he must have been a grown adult at this point. Oh, yes. Grown, grown man. But, I you know, he was such, in his, like, 50s. Such people don't really, really ever grow up. He had a real boyish he had a charm. Boyish airs, indeed, yeah. indeed. Boyish airs. That's why we called him Jimmy instead of Oliver initially. There you go. Yeah. Yes. We, oh, so you don't know his name? Or you do? Well, you know, some say his name is Jimmy. Some others say it was Oliver. We'll never know. We'll never, we'll never know. know. I, effectively, at this point, it's Oliver because of how many uh, famous. I wonder if he had like a like a drive for punishment. But we knew he was mad because he said that, uh, that Wilkie Collins was the basis for every single character in every Charles Dickens novel. That's crazy. Uh, absolutely nuts. Oh, my absolutely God. Absolutely nuts. Off his rocker. Do lolly. Yeah. Have you met Wilkie behind the void? Beyond the void? Oh, yes. We're, we're, we have a regular card game going, Wilkie and I. He's not very good at cards. Has, he's too, has, too much laudanum. Has he brought you to some of his kinkier parties? Oh, uh, well, uh, I've brought him to some of my kinkier oh, parties. Excuse, excuse, excuse me. Excuse me. How stupid. Of, of course. Uh, so you, uh, well, who is your least favorite member of the Bloomsbury group? Well, Forster. Oh, yeah. Bastard. Okay. Want couldn't, to talk about couldn't that? have met a nastier man. Dungeon full of schoolboys. Really? No. Oh. No, but he played nasty tricks on me. Oh, Whoopie okay. cushions and all. Yeah, that makes sense. No, you just tell everyone he's full of... I mean, no, everyone would believe you. You're beyond the grave. No, don't force her. He's a darling man. Oh, okay. Darling man. But nasty tricks. Dungeon full of schoolboys. Darling man. Okay. Uh, well, by the way, I know that uh, John Maynard Keynes was in your group. How do you feel? think he'd feel about today's economy? Well, you know, what, what you may not know mm-hmm. about Johnny Keynes, and this is a big reveal here, okay. um, I'm... I've got a lot of stock beyond the veil, and so that's why I'm able to tell you this today. Oh my god. So John Keynes was a member of the Black Hand. Oh my god. Oh yes. So his main accomplishments in life Oh were, did he oh my god, did he assassinate Archduke Frank? His Ferdinand? main accomplishments in life were teaching governments to boost their economies by spending it at recessions. Oh, no, very sensible, very and assassinating Archduke Ferdinand. Oh my god! John Maynard Keynes Started World War One. He started the modern era. It was Keynes. Some people say that I pronounced and defined World War. I pronounced and defined 1910 was when everybody changed. The modern personality was born. I had secret knowledge because I knew how Keynes in 1910 was going to start World War One. What a fucking scoop! Wait, Keynes. Keynes was a frothing anarchist this whole time? He was a Serbian nationalist. <laughs> He's not even from all there. All in, all in for a united Serbia. Okay. All in, all in. That's why you see no one could make heads or tails, because he was not a Serbian. Yeah. He was not an anarchist. Could he speak, sir? Oh, he wasn't. He just joined no, the, yeah. nobody knew, nobody knew. And it's it's why we were all pacifists, you know, during the Great War, because we didn't want to think Johnny Keynes had gotten one over on us. No, that's no, that's very sensible. Yes. Oh, my God, what a fucking scoop. Yes. Th- did he, wait, so, because, you know, he comes across as such a, you know, like an optimistic liberal. You, you wouldn't think that he has this uh, murderous revolutionary heart. Yes, yes. Good God. Yes, it was. It is. It is possibly history's best kept uh, secret. Oh my God! But he, you know, he had such a suave, uh, cosmopolitan exterior. Hung out with all of us in the Bloomsbury group. It was all a front. Yeah. So he's. You know, I can only imagine like 
Well, he's like a James Bond figure. He just goes across the sea with his fancy suit and his economics. And oh, yes. Shoots world leaders and starts great calamities. Oh, yes. And he, was he one for the ladies? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's economics. I mean, they kept on, um, you know, trapping him in elaborate ruses. Yeah, yeah. That'll do it. Sexy underwear in a wall. I've been trapped in a number of elaborate ruses by women in sexy underwear as well. So we, that's what Johnny and I had in common. Man, I, I well, while we're on that topic, I, I, this is skipping ahead a little bit in my list of questions, but like real talk, Vita or Leonard? Both. Oh. Simultaneously. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> yes. Oh, my. Yes. Uh, you don't have to go into it if you don't want to, but, uh, oh my. Well, you know, keep them, quick, keep the questions coming. Keep the questions coming. Keep the coming. questions oh coming. Goodness. As you see, I have a, you, you, you see from the size of my, my mink, I have a lot of, I have a lot of pull beyond the veil. So you can just, I can, I can, I can hold forth. Well, okay. So you and your husband, uh, started Hogarth Press. Uh, I mean, really a book publisher in this economy? Well, you know, Keynes, he said that, uh, experimental Fiction is recession-proof. Mm-hmm. No one buys it in a bull market. No one buys it in a bear market. You yeah. can start an unsuccessful publishing house anytime. That's you, Gosh, that's such a good point. You could just start any kind of unsuccessful oh, business yes. at any point. It doesn't matter. Everybody is always going to not buy books. Indeed. It's just like... Um, Wait, do you think... Wait, was uh, Keynes... Did he, have, uh, did he have blood on his hands while he was talking to you and he said that? You know, he was a very fastidious man. He always washed the blood off his hands. Oh, that's very sensible, mm, of course. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, okay. How did you come up with Stream of Consciousness? Do you think we could get a little taste of it now? Well, I'll give you a little bit of a taste. Okay. A little bit of a taste. You see, life beyond the veil affords nothing but occasions for Stream of Consciousness narration. So I've had, I've had, some, I've had some time. Yeah. I've had some time to think of these, these similes. Yeah. Yes. Let's, let's hear it. Yes, let's, 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 let me let's, see. Mm. The void beyond the grail, the beyond the veil, is it is grey, grey like the grey of a baby mouse on the fifth day after birth, not the third day, nor the second, but the fifth day. Indeed, it is cold, it is cold like a white wine after a new snow, not an old snow, only a new snow. Yes. <laughs> Toes are itchy today, where I used to have toes. Oh, no. No longer have toes. Now there is nothing but a void, where there once were toes. A massive void. It was very distressing having toes when I was alive. Oh. Did not like having toes. It is a most unfortunate appendage. That's what I thought. That was beautiful. Yes, thank you. Thank you. That is an example of the kind of stream of consciousness narration that has gotten me all my credit beyond the veil. Yeah, I feel like you're just bouncing around from ghost to ghost. Mm. Oh, my God. Well, gosh, I feel so bad, uh, you know, uh, what I'm about to, what I'm about to say next. Uh, This is almost, uh, you know, after you've graced me with such a such a good good reading but uh would you care to explain this ma'am oh yes do you, what what is this picture that i'm looking at for the listener well you are looking at a picture of my my good friends my bloomsbury friends and, and myself all dressed as in uh, in blackface as abyssinian royalty yeah yeah uh-huh uh-huh it's a little uh uh it's a little problematic don't you think well it was 1910 oh 
for one thing. That okay. is not an excuse. That is not an excuse. It's not a very good excuse. Mm-hmm. But I... Uh, I'll have you know there are many woke people in 1910. H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, no. Hold on. Let me try that again. Um... Uh, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I can tell you the story behind the, behind the picture. Actually, which one are you? I think you're that one. Yes, that's, that, that, I'm the sexy one. Oh, oh, oh. I'm the sexy Abyssinian blackface king. Hamana, Hamana. Oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. Uh, the, uh, <clears throat> yeah, how about you tell me the story behind Well, it? yes, well, you see, we were always playing pranks on the Royal Navy, us Bloomsbury kids. Yes. And, you know, we would pretend to be Abyssinian royalty and board battleships, and then sailors would, the next day, turn up at our house and <laughs> kidnap us and stick us in battles and sail us around the world. Wait, hold on. They would feed us crackers. You're bearing the lead a little bit. You were in Navy battles then. You were Shanghai'd. Oh, we were very much Shanghai'd. And this continued throughout my career, long after I started, became a great author, started Hogarth Press, and moved into the country. We were continuously kidnapped by the Navy and sent around the world in barrels. You know, most people believe that I drowned myself. It's not true. Oh, my God. I did never drowned myself. I was thrown off of a battleship in a barrel. No, you were, oh, my God, you were, you were thrown off the plank. Everybody thought you had you had uh, chronic depressive issues, and you killed yourself. It was all ruse, all ruse, all propaganda from the Royal Navy. You're the gr- that is they they couldn't stop sticking members of the Bloomsbury Group in barrels and sending them round the world. You were the greatest British seaman in uh, in in history. Did you fight in World War Two? No, I was in a barrel. Oh, you're in a barrel, the and time. and then I was dead pretty much and at then, the beginning. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so tragic and yet so heroic. Oh my. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So as you, as you see, that is, that is the story behind the blackface. We apologize for the blackface. Yeah. But we did put off one jolly good jape against the Royal Navy, even if though it resulted in us spending much of the rest of our lives in barrels being sent around the world. Yeah. Um, gosh, I feel like this opens up a whole world of other questions. Did you ever get to go out of the barrel in another country? Well, once or twice we escaped. Uh-huh. We had we had we had wonderful adventures in India, Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these are these. You know, you're going to have to contact MI5 yeah. if you're going to find out more. Or else I will wind up in a barrel. Indeed. I guess. Yeah. Um. Well. Okay. Orlando kicked ass. I really, really big. Well, fan thank of you. I appreciate it. Thank you. What is it about Vita Sackville West that makes you picture her as a Renaissance swordsman? My, my honey, my darling Vita, my darling Vita. Well. I pictured her as a Renaissance swordswoman because she was, in fact, 600 years old. Oh, my God. <laughs> and intersex. Oh, dear God. You see, Orlando is nonfiction. Oh, wow. It, it is a great secret of the Sackville West, you see, that all of them live to be at least 700, and they change genders midway through their lifespans. Is she still alive? No, she, she, she died a few years ago. Uh, wait, Just a few years ago. We, they, they keep it under wraps. They keep her in a tower. What, what are her uh, pronouns? Oh. You know, she never told me. You know what? I guess it depends on the, her face. You know, we don't do pronouns yet beyond the veil. We're a little bit backwards. Oh, yeah. Well, that makes we, sense. We, we have to deal with H.P. Lovecraft. There's, yeah, yeah, I bet he, I bet he really complains anytime there's a bit of social justice. He goes on to ghost Reddit. He's a, he's a real dick, you know. Yeah, he can, he can be a little, oh well. And I imagine that, uh... I imagine that some of the other guys, even the nice ones, aren't are a little slow. A little slow. Yeah. A little, little bit, little bit slow. We don't do pronouns. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then, of course, Wilkie Collins would be a total lib about it, right? Just... Well, oh, Wilkie goes by they, them. Oh, oh really? Yeah, oh, yes, oh, oh, yes. Man, I should have... Oh, man, I think I misgendered oh, yes. Wilkie Collins. Oh, yes. <laughs> but you see... But Virginia, Virginia, I misgendered Wilkie Collins when he was on here. I'm so sorry. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I fucked up. He may come back to take his revenge upon you. You didn't even ask him his pronouns. I did not ask Wilkie Collins his pronouns. Wilkie! You're going to have to ask all the dead authors their pronouns from now on. That's going to just have to be a thing that's on this podcast from now on. Indeed. Okay. Uh, well, okay, maybe I can save it from this, uh, oh, this is a bit of a sensitive subject, I'm sorry, although, I think you may have answered it already. Uh, throughout your life, you had a number of mental breakdowns. Do you think modern psychiatry would have helped? And, um, I've got some spare duloxetine in here if you need a serotonin reuptake inhibitor fix. Oh, I, I very much appreciate uh, right. the offer, but you see, we, 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 we have, we have all of the, all the, uh, the pharmaceutical companies have the Beyond the Veil equivalents, just like we have the Beyond the Veil Amazon warehouse, we have the Beyond, Beyond the Veil pharma, oh, big pharma, and we have ghost antidepressants, and you see, you, 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 you see modern drugs don't work on us uh, Edwardian bad women. No. Now, as you can see, I'm still quite, quite out of my mind. No, uh, well, I, I, gosh, that is so depressing. That mm, yes, yes, it follows you, over. it follows you. Oh my god. Uh, well, you know, if you ever need any, I, I, you know, I've got some, I got some spare ones. You can g- come right in here. Uh, well, hey, uh, Virginia, thank you so much hey, for coming in on the podcast. You're so welcome, you're so welcome. Your, your, your dear friend appears to be rising. I shall, I shall away. She fainted sh- away in a dead swoon at seeing you. I shall away with myself and farewell and please have me on again. It's been m- wonderful. This was amazing. Wonderful. I can't not believe all of the things you revealed about history Yes, right yes, I'm full of secrets. Have me on again, I'll reveal some more. Oh, yeah, no, please do. Yes, yeah, you, thank you. you thank you. Au revoir, au revoir. Tutaloo. Annie, 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 are you okay? Annie, here, smell this, smell this. Oh my God. Yeah, that's just very nice wine. What what happened to me? Oh, uh, What happened to me? You fainted fainted in a dead swoon at seeing... I fainted dead away. From, uh, Virginia Woolf was here. Virginia Woolf was here? Absolutely. I missed her? You completely missed Virginia Woolf. Was she hot? It's, uh, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Let's, Let's not lie to ourselves, she was hot. I, I'm a, I'm a little afraid of her. I'm a little afraid of Virginia Woolf. Really? That's the second time I made this. I'll go. I'll I'll get out of here. I Are you that... you're not afraid of her because she is a ghost who came from beyond the veil? Ah, you're right. That's to also tell scary. You, to tell you the secrets of history. She, she did. Oh my God! I, she told us so many secrets of history. I, I, I Kane's uh, John Maynard Kane started World War One. What? He caused. Say again. John Maynard Kane's assassinated Archduke Franz Ferdinand. That's bananas. I, I don't buy that. Uh, I don't buy you that. You know what? We're gonna have to check the the, the yeah. record on that. Okay. What, what you know, let's flexible. let's why don't we why don't we put it up on Wikipedia tonight and see what happens. See if we see if see, you know see if we get edited. I completely unironically think we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a Wikipedia account? I don't. <laughs> let's make one. Okay. And do that. <laughs> and then take a screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> and then. <laughs> And post it online. <laughs> and see if anyone notices. <laughs> and ruin some kids' book report. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, take that, Wikipedia. You take that. Uh, you try and democratize knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> 
We're, so there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is called the tragedy of the commons right here. Uh, oh, shit. How, how long into this? We're good. We're good. We're, we're good. only half an hour in. We're only half an hour in. And we're, But we should talk about the book. Yeah, we should. Yeah, let's do that. This was an important, devastating chapter for our little sweet puss, Catherine Moreland in Northanger Abbey. I like this chapter because she got some fucking consequences. Yeah. Yeah. Catherine Moreland, she fucked up. Fucked up. Mm-hmm. Poor Catherine. She was so dumb. She's been so dumb these chapters. Yeah. I think this chapter really like brings the first part of the book into the second part of the book. Mm-hmm. And I think we kind of switch between the young Austin and the mature Austin in this chapter. Where the fantasy kind of bumps into reality well let's explain and the and the and the the response to that isn't isn't uh hilarity it's actually like like a genuine emotional human moment Mm -hmm. um so what's going on right now is that Catherine is in uh she has she has made it she is in northanger abbey which is a beautiful gothic abbey um, with uh, Henry Tilney, Henry Coolfox Tilney, as we call him, and his uh, and his sister Eleanor, and their father, General Tilney, and Catherine, who loves Gothic romances and is like a real Twilight girl, has kind of has wand- been wandering around this castle in a romantic daze, thinking that she's in a Gothic novel, imagining all kinds of dramatic and romantic things happening to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this, but then she gets so into it. She gets kind of too into it and starts imagining these wild fantasies about the Tilney family. And she starts thinking that General Tilney locked up Henry and Eleanor's mother in a a dark tower and murdered her. Mm -hmm. Um, And she starts actually going and investigating this. Yeah. Which I don't buy that Catherine would actually do that. She's been such a smart girl for the rest of it. And now she's going in, uh, our, our sweet puss... Like, it's just like, you it's are now not... now being a real sourpuss. Like, she's, you know, throughout the book, she's naive, she's an ingenue, but she's not a dumbass. Yeah. Like, this is, like, doing something like that, you would, it's not, it's not just naive. That is, like, that, that, like, you would do something like that if there was something wrong with you. There's, there's some cartoonish stupidity going on. Yeah. It doesn't car- make any like sense. Like, if this was, if this was reality, we would be like, okay, Catherine... We're gonna to need to take you to a specialist now. Yeah, we need you need to sit down and talk with somebody because you're, you're having a, you're having a day. This yeah. is this is not that's not an okay thing. You, um, but beyond like a mental breakdown, it's just not something. It's just not a thing people do. Yeah, yeah, and I think like uh, Jane Austen in some ways acknowledges that in the moment when she has uh, in the moment when Catherine goes and investigates uh, the dead mother's tower by herself and is discovered by Henry Tilney. And like the mirror cracks and reality comes in and, um, and, and Henry is just like, why on earth would you think that my father didn't love my mother and enough that that she, he murdered her in this tower? Why would she admit to having all of these crazy suspicions to him? Yeah. Why would she admit? He kind of just wheedles it out of her, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, it's also like, it's, it's also, you know, and this is the whole, like, Henry is Jane Austen, because in reality, some, this girl's boyfriend would not immediately think, oh, this person is in my mother's room, Mm -hmm. in my dead mother's room, because she is a imbecilic uh, lady who likes her gothic romances too much and is a fantasist. Like, he has to, he, it doesn't take him long enough to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so you have like the narrator kind of stepping in in the voice of Henry Tilney and um, 
kind of pushing it a little too far in order to drive the narrative, in order to create this dramatic moment and that tension. And, you know, in the end, she's, you know, she runs off to her room and is humiliated and tears and realizes her mistake. Um, but the whole thing is, is contrived. It's pushing, it's pushing the subject. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. It was... I mean, it works, but only just works. It only just works at the end when reality comes swooshing back in. Yes. But, and it's funny that, like, Henry Tilney should be the, uh, the herald of reality, right? Yeah, That's yeah. kind of fun. I, uh, the Bazinga I know, guy. The Bazinga guy is the guy who's gonna be like, what the hell are you talking about? Um, there was a funny line where he goes like, yeah, think about what you're saying. This is ridiculous. We're English. <laughs> English people don't do anything cruel and horrible. He's just like, we're English, we're Christian. But one thing he does say is like, we have we have neighbors who watch us like spies. We can't get away with shit. Yeah, yeah. This is a world with newspapers. Newspapers, Catherine. For God's right. sakes. And it's like, oh, they had like, it's kind of fun seeing that they had a sense of modernity even before. Yeah. You know. But this is also like... But but it's almost a sense of it's almost like a sense of pre modernity. They don't think that stuff like that is happening. Yeah. Huh. That people because you know of but course they have people this idea are people are locked like... in tower rooms and horrible things are done to them all all the hell over the place all over the world constantly. Yeah, but it's just not sexy or romantic. Yeah, it's like Abu Ghraib. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Um. We are Christian people. We, are we have neighbors. We can possibly do anything horrible and cruel. We're English. <laughs> Consult your own understanding, your own sense of the probable, your own observation is what is passing around you. Do our laws connive at them? Could they be perpetrated without being known in a country like this, where social and literary intercourse is on such a footing, where every man is surrounded by a neighborhood of voluntary spies and where roads and newspapers lay everything open? Oh, nothing bad can happen. We have newspapers and neighbors and yeah. laws. Yeah. Oh, my norms. My norms. Norms. My norms. Oh, all these norms that keep our yeah. British society in check. Yeah. Jane Austen would totally be a, be a lib on, on Twitter. She's a Ramoner. She's a Ramoner. <laughs> Jane. She voted remain and everyone else voted leave and she's like, no. Real talk. It's going to be fun seeing that country tear itself to pieces. Well, it hasn't been that much fun so far. Oh, yeah? I, uh, no, I mean, no, it's been a, a fucking drag. But oh, yeah. Seeing, like, Scotland uh, get oh, uh, God. leave and seeing, like, the start of the Troubles again. Yep. Yep, gotta love all the micro-nations. I've got, getting uppity. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting, becoming full accelerationist after, uh... No, yeah, so, sorry, back to the novel. Um... Uh, yeah, she, it's like, she was a different human being. It's like something possessed her. And I don't know if this is a deliberate choice, or if this was, like, two chapters, like, Stupid Catherine are, is a, uh, silly parody character, Jen, like, that's our theory. Stupid Catherine is a silly parody character Jane Austen wrote at the beginning of her career, and then later expanded into, like, yeah. a full... Yeah, I mean, this is an example of, like, you not being able to drop those, like, last last uh, segments of your first draft then obviously they need to be dropped yeah um like, like can you imagine what like the like the the feast of um the feast of wit that the mature jane austen could have actually made of those chapters although maybe not you know she's a human being and you know what is is maybe and she had her she she had her norms well that's what i'm wondering she had her norms and norms. maybe she did think that those were like funny witty chapters that 
poked fun of gothic literature in exactly the way that uh, that she intended. Well, could she have, like, that conceit of she's confusing, she's read too many gothic romance novels and confusing fantasy and reality. It's kind of like a, you played too much Dungeons and Dragons and now you're, like, in a satanic cult a little bit. Like, is there a way you could do that with a little more subtlety than this? I mean... Like maybe, the, maybe. The, but that's but that's a fantasy. Maybe the sus- that in itself is a fantasy. The suspicions that Catherine has has to be subtler than oh you locked your your mom away. The suspicions she has have to has to be something like like I oh I just vaguely don't like your dad for some reason. Yeah, I mean because- she is responding to real things. The father is cold. He has a temper. He's an asshole. Yeah. Um, the well, mother just being rich. The mother was sweet and tender and kind and loved her two younger children probably more than the older children and she's like she's interpreting the family dynamic yeah correctly just kind of attributing it to the wrong things yeah but i don't know i mean this we, 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 this was an era when um you know we're, 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 she's she's writing a few decades after uh when was sorrows of young verter written I mean, it was a while before yeah um b- before jane austen was was writing Charles of Young Werther was after, I thought. That was 18th century. Yeah, uh, I thought Charles of Young Werther was 19th century. You know what? I have no idea. I'm going to look this up. But um, but we're, we're talking about, you know, like a, an era in literature when, you know, it was widely ascribed that to um, the Sorrows of Young Werther, the, the suicide of, you know, many, many, many young men for unrequited love. In, in Europe as a direct result of reading The Sorrows of Young Werther. You're absolutely right, and I'm absolutely wrong. I was wrong again. 1774. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Should I sing the I Was right. Wrong song? Sure. I don't remember how it goes. Um, I was wrong. I was go. wrong. I thought Sorrows of Young Werther was written in 1847, but instead it was written in 1774. I was wrong. Yeah. Okay. 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 That's it. The end. That's all yeah. you're getting. So I mean, I so I think like Jane Austen, you know, they're 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 probably she knew she knew that this was like a generational trope of somebody who read gothic literature and lost their mind. No, this makes or, sense. You know, yeah, because... I, you know, at least it was something that was written about, right? It was a motif. So people did, even if it wasn't that. like a reality, right? Maybe it wasn't actually a reality. Maybe there was like a rash of suicide of people who happened to have read the Sorrows of Young Werther, but really it was because they were disaffected um, young young men without enough to do. Need a good war. And uh, they they killed themselves, you know, for for unrequited love, but also other reasons. Yeah. It's, and not because of reading Goethe. Yeah, that's a good point. Although, you know, that'd be kind of fun to see uh, Jane Austen's take on a young man just offing himself. Oh, my God. <laughs> after, <laughs> after reading, like, some, like, parody fake German... See, that would have been that would have been where 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 the maybe that would have been where the mature Jane Austen would have taken yeah. these chapters in Northanger Abbey. Jane Austen's parody characters. I was about to say that like she'd think of some like funny name like Shickle Gruber for the, but that's more Dickens, yeah. right? Jane Austen's yeah, she parodies was, are much subtler. She has very straight names for all of her characters. Yeah, they all sound like real people. Bickham, ex- except for Lady Catherine de Bourgh. Lady, Ca- even like Lady Catherine de Bourgh has a little bit, but mm-hmm. like it's plausible that there would be a Lady Catherine. Yeah, de Bourgh. yeah. I mean, there are people. I oh, mean, this cold, this cold air, ooh. all this crackling noises from this cold, 
This cold air is. Oh. oh yeah, that's that's Count Stephen. Oh no, Count Stephen. Count Stephen, you better you better hide behind the staircase, Eric, and start eating flies. Oh no, but my lord, I'm so sorry. Please, please, ouch, ouch. He's he's whipping me. He's he's ra- uh, he's uh, rasping me most. So that's terribly. that's my that's my husband, Count Stephen. He is the uh, he 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 is my 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 uh, my partner in. Um, uh, leasing this gothic mansion. Yeah, it's true. Um, and uh, he and Eric have a special relationship. He, it's uh, it's a little bit country and a little bit rock and roll. What? No, it's uh, it's kind of kinky. Yeah, there are whips and chains, and there's some eating of flies. If, mm-hmm. if you if you imagine like a Doctor Frankenstein's assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can imagine Renfield. Renfield. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's a very Dracula. Yes, yeah. yes. That's uh, confusing too. Horror novels. Okay. Well, may I may I please return to my podcast, my lord? He's giving his assent. Yes. He he uh, he simply curtly uh, bowed, like lowered his head once, and re- resumed at uh, tearing apart like a. He's got this like large ham that he has a single <laughs> knife, and he cuts off a slice and then eats it with his knife. It's a very impressive knife. And he scowls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a knife that he took straight from his, because he just got back from a hunt. Yeah, yeah. He took it out of his boot. It's still got animal gore Come all over it. Come to think of it, it, he just hauled, like, an entire deer carcass on this, like, this broad table that's got this, like, chandeliers and stuff, and he's just cutting off slices of it with his knife. I wonder where he got that deer in Brooklyn. It's, uh... Must have had to go to the zoo. Oh, no. Isn't Prospect Park right around there? It is. Yeah. There's like there's some there's some uh, there's some good game in there. There's some like wild game. Oh really? Have you been to a hunt in Prospect Park? I have never been to. You've not invited me to a hunt in Prospect Park. I'm, it's not me to invite. I'm just the motley jester. So okay, well they, you got to sneak me in. They I have throw to be me your co. I got to be your co-jester. I can. You can co-jest it. It's, I think. I can co-jest. Good. I have a spare motley in here. Okay. Some spare jingle bells. Excellent. Um, what, what the fuck were we just talking about? <laughs> uh, Charles of Young Verter, the gothic, what what Jane Austen would make of uh, somebody who would who had actually lost their mind, uh, in parallel to reading gothic literature. I think this was an inartful uh, uh, display of uh, teen naivety, especially in comparison to earlier in the book. I feel like this reads uh, Catherine and this these chapters in Northanger Abbey reads as somebody who has genuinely gone insane. Yep. Instead of, like, a kid being naive and, like, kind of innocent about stuff. Yeah, yeah. It it, 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 it rings pretty false. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, this is not, like, a, a part of Jane Austen that I really understand why she would allow, like, these chapters to go out with the rest of this book, which is obviously so very good. Yeah. In so many ways. Tighten it up, Jane. Tighten it up. Yeah. Um, we have some red notes for you. But uh, but yeah, I think it's like it would be it's like interesting. But maybe she is like calling on calling on a motif that we're just not familiar with. That's true. Yeah, like this might just be like we're we're too modern to understand what where she's coming from with this stuff. We take everything too much at face value, and I'm sure we have our own crazy assumptions. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have our own conspiracy theories, which turn out to be completely true. Hmm. John Maynard Keynes. Started World War One. Started World War Murdered I. Murdered Archduke Ferdinand. It's true. It's true. All the blogs I've been reading were right. Which blogs are these? Um, uh, uh, let's see. Keynesianism equals uh, anarchyanddeath.org. It's a very hard right-wing <laughs> blog. Um, uh, 
iPad. Never raise taxes on the never raise taxes on the wealthy to a uh, moderate social European system as opposed to uh, communism because it'll start World War One. See, do you think that the Virginia Woolf is really just like a like a Milton Friedman esque economist I, and I, was just trying to cast dispersions do you th- on Keynes? No, I think it was true. No, I'm sure that Virginia Woolf had some crazy conservatism. You know, we'll have to invite her on and ask her. Okay, we're gonna have this. Might my, my, she may need to be a repeat guest? Yeah, I don't know because I don't know what's true and what's false anymore. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. That's yeah. I'll do that. Literature will do that to you. Stay in school, kids. So, did we like this chapter? Medium. Yeah. Medium. Same. I like the ending. I like. I like the. Okay, so the it ends with uh, uh, Henry Tilney thoroughly chastises her, and uh, Catherine Morland realizing that she's been a real horse's patoot. Runs off crying to her room. Yep. As well she should. She should be ashamed of slap, herself. Slap that little tush. Sent her home crying. Uh, you know what? Now you're sounding like General Tilney. Slap that little tush. That's that. That's that. that, that, that uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, General Tilney. General Tilney's like. tush all the time. Yeah, it's like, it's okay that you think I killed my wife because of that bounce of yours. Yep. I, I hate it when you run off crying to your room because you're certain that I am the villain. Of but the I like to see you run away. But I love seeing. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is this podcast has gone to some terrible places now. Yep. yep. Maybe we should say what uh, what of our recommendations for this week. Book recommendations. I just finished the Memory Police by I think her name is Yoko Ogawa. I think that's her name. Uh, the Memory Police. It's a pretty good novel. It came uh, it came out a while ago, but it was only translated to English fairly recently. And it is about an island where a bunch of people live, and every once in a while the memory police designate a random thing, and you're supposed to forget it. And your your head forgets it, and you're supposed to just bring it out into a big pile and burn it. Cool. So every once in a while they'll be like, ribbons. There are no more ribbons. Cheese. What's cheese? I don't know what that is. And then eventually it gets to the point where it becomes absurd and nonsensical, like, um, like words or your left hand and things like that it becomes very so there are elements of there are two ways to look at it there's the most reviews i've read of it look at it very politically like oh this is kind of like we have very many absurd and arbitrary rules made by uh a cruel you know cruel systems nowadays because there's a lot of like people people who do remember and they have to hide out it's a lot of like that kind of stuff uh, but I more focus on when I was reading. I was thinking like this is literally defamiliarization, like the Russian formalists were talking about. It's like what if becoming defamiliarized with this object becomes mm-hmm. a monster that haunts your town? It's it was good. It was good. I liked it a lot. Cool. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations? Um, I have not been reading very much the last couple of weeks, which That's I feel okay. very guilty about. That's okay. I have been doing a lot of singing. Do you have any songs? Um, I have been singing a lot of medieval English Christmas carols. Can we hear one? Um, I'll put one in the in the after music. Okay. For because uh, uh, my my throat hurts okay. for some reason. Yeah, I, uh, I have no idea why. Yeah, you were no unconscious idea. for a while. Yeah, yeah, that, that's <sighs> what that's what happens. Oh, man. Um, and uh, oh, and yeah, caroling is good. Caroling is fun, especially when you do it out in the street and there's socialist carols and you're in front of the Plaza Hotel. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a fan. Go go sing Christmas carols yeah. or other kinds of carols of a political nature. Yeah, you should, uh, you know, Jesus was a revolutionary. Jesus was a working man. He was a working man. He was a carpenter. Mm-hmm. He, uh, uh, Joshua that's, that's the Hadamistry. Song that's the song I'll play. Yeah. 
Yeshua Hanostri, I think. Jesus was a working man. Anyway. And a hero you Good night. Good night. Born in the town of Bethlehem. At the turning of the year. At the turning of the year. When Jesus was a little lad, streets rang with his name, for he argued with the older men, and put them all to shame, he put them all to shame. He became a wandering journeyman, and he traveled far and wide, and he noticed how wealth and poverty live always side by side live always side by side so he said come all you working men farmers and weavers too if you would only stand as one this world belongs to you this world belongs to you when the rich men heard what the carpenter had done To the Roman troops they ran Saying, put this rebel Jesus down He's a menace to God and man He's a menace to God and man The commander of the occupying troops Just laughed and then he said there's a cross to spare on Calvary's hill By the weekend he'll be dead By the weekend he'll be dead Now Jesus walked among the poor For the poor were his own kind And they'd never let them get near enough To take him from behind to take him from behind So they hired one of the traitors trade And an informer was he And he sold his brother to the butcher's men For a fistful of silver money For a fistful of silver money And Jesus sat in the prison cell and they beat him and offered him bribes To desert the cause of his fellow men And work for the rich men's tribe To work for the rich men's tribe And the sweat stood out on Jesus' brow And the blood was in his eye When they nailed his body to the Roman cross And they laughed as they watched him die they laughed as they watched him die. Two thousand years have passed and gone, many a hero too. But the dream of this poor carpenter remains in the hands of you, remains in the hands of you.